Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a football Thursday. Week number 15 is here. It is the pivotal week of all of your fantasy football seasons. I know that's a big deal, but it's even more pivotal on the Mojo Market as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Playoffs mean more opportunities for all the players you're investing in. It's a very, very important time, so pay attention right now. You can like the video. You can subscribe to the channel. Make sure you're paying attention to us Monday through Friday around 9 o'clock each and every morning. It's Dave Sturchio. It's Chris Gucci. It's A5 Anthony behind the glass here at Chop Studios for another installment of the Mojo Market Report. A lot of stuff going down tonight obviously it's one of the marquee games who would have thought i know you didn't if, if it's on your bingo card let me know uh did you think that the 49ers and the seahawks game on december the what is it 15th would mean anything at the beginning of the season no no i right. thought maybe we would be talking about seattle if they if they should they be tanking at this point? Correct. That's exactly where I got it with seems that. Seems like they kind of are tanking in the last three weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I wholly understand it, and I'm going to do a jump pass over to Anthony right now. Here you go, Ant. Check. Here you go. Up. Whoa. Bang. Hey. How you like that? I heard the pen drop, and I'm like, mm, I know that scene's going to struggle here here on out. So I got you on that one, Ant. Uh, but anyway, so this game in particular, it's a. Very, very big one for both teams. The Seattle Seahawks fighting for a playoff spot. The 49ers are going in there with just expectations of now with Brock Purdy. You temper your expectations, but you still think to yourself, well, we just spanked the Bucks, right? And we just, just did work. No hesitations whatsoever in the offense. Brock Purdy looked good. Everything's going well in San Francisco. The defense still looks amazing. The only thing I could say is from last week to this week is the fact that Debo Samuel will be missing some time. There's been reports already that he's going to be back before the end of the regular yeah, season. Yeah, they're saying three to five weeks, uh, usually with a high ankle sprain. They'll probably hold him out until the playoffs, it, Just most think about likely. That. I think they're almost... Is it, I think it's a low ankle sprain, right? Because if it's high, it's almost like a broken leg. It's. I mean, three, four to six weeks is typical for a high ankle sprain, so they're saying three to five because it's Debo. And I, I guess maybe it's a medium, medium high well, ankle sprain. Well, whatever the case may be. It's, as it's, far as tonight's yeah. game goes, is Brock Purdy going to play? Yeah. Is he going to play? Yes. He's listed as questionable, and I'm saying, I'm seeing. There's no way they just roll with. I think it's Josh Johnson well, behind I mean, him. It's just, I mean, there is a way. I mean, look. If the, he can't go, he can't go. He's injured. I'm well you know, aware. Oblique is, is, if it's like a rib, that's one thing. You could deal with the pain, but when it's a muscular situation, and you, gotta you got throw some with your, yeah, you're not I'm, able to listen, do it. I'm well aware that the questionable tag is on him, and this is the problem. Again, look, as a fan, do we love more football every night if football was every night of the week i wouldn't be i wouldn't be saying anything wouldn't be saying boo but the fact that there's a short week here on a very pivotal game for the 49ers look i don't think they're gonna jump the vikings it depends i mean there's a couple weeks left so they could um it seems like they're gonna win the west if they win tonight they will win the west that's a clinch um but again guys to look for as far as the mojo mark is concerned you, you mentioned them already debo being out who steps in that role? Is it a CMC night? Is it a Brandon Ayuk type night? What kind of night are you seeing on Thursday Night Football? I think we we could definitely expect an, an uptick in Ayuk's targets, but I don't think they're going to really try to, to throw the ball all that much in this game. And when they do, it's going to be short, dink and dunk. CMC out of the backfield, you know he's going to be highly active. I think since he's been traded to the 49ers, he said two weeks at RB1. Right, so he's delivering so far. Yeah. Um, shame on me for not buying in on CMC. 
at any point in this season or last because I'm just saying well, I'm staying away from the injury with risk. A guy, well, that, that, that that's a big thing because when guys are superstars on the Mojo market, their their prices tend to not change as much unless you use a multiplier. How would you like it if you used the multiplier and then he goes down again? Yeah. Hurt. I'm I mean, not talking about stock. I'm but talking about case, goes down off the field. Obviously, this year Christian McCaffrey has delivered. He yes. managed to get out of Carolina and into San Francisco. You couldn't ask for a better spot mm. if you're a guy like that. So – as far as the rest of the, the team goes, I, I'm definitely in on Ayuk, and I definitely am in on CMC, but I don't know that I trust anybody else. Kittle has been pretty much absent all season. I think he may be one of the most overvalued players in the Mojo market, personally. Well, I'm playing against him in fantasy tonight, so if he could just not show up, that'd be great. Yeah, well, fantasy, <laughs> fantasy is getting playoffs. intense over there. Yeah, it is. It's getting intense. Other slide, flip side of the coin. Geno Smith has gone on record saying he's been forcing things a little too much. Um, he's playing not Geno Smith football from September, October, right? He, he took the world on by storm all of a sudden again um and you know he led the seahawks team to put himself in a position to potentially get into the playoffs now kenneth walker's been removed from the injury report he's back in the game tonight so that's a big big upgrade because you saw what they did last week without him right like yeah. it was a uh, just a smorgasbord of of running backs over there in seattle they just didn't have an answer at all um but in regard uh, in regards to the running game but in regards to this game in particular the 49ers defense probably now after seeing what you always make fun of me like you always bring the Cowboys into this but after seeing what the Texans did to the Cowboys defense you almost say there's no more doubts about the number one defense in the league and that's the 49ers do you see any Seattle Seahawks jumping off the charts tonight no yeah I don't think it's gonna be a tough one for them but it is a home game and the reason why I say no is because look the 49ers get after it when it comes to Geno Smith he's gonna have to deal with a, a type of pass rush tonight that he only dealt with once this season and that was in week three and we saw what happened in that game I know this game is in Seattle, but Seattle has not been playing well at home since the Detroit game or since the Giant game, I believe. Mm. So they really they've been they they managed to turn themselves into like a top three defense against the run for about a five week stretch, and it completely disappeared. They really so did. this team needs defense, and they need to run the football, and both of them have left. So Geno Smith, while I do think he's having a great season, and he probably got himself paid. So if you want to talk about investing in Geno potentially long term, I think he got himself a, a starting quarterback gig. For the foreseeable future, it's just not going to play out well because this defense travels. It doesn't matter where they go. I got to admit, man, you said they're the best defense in football. I think they might be the best pass rush that we've seen in like three or four years. Maybe the Tampa uh, Super Bowl championship team. Okay. Like, this pass rush gets after it. That's They've good. lost how many corners? Right, all of them, all of them, <laughs> and <laughs> they still turn the ball over at an alarmingly high rate. They're just and they did it against Tom and they Brady won six in a row. So week. I think Dallas could could dial it up any given point. You know, every Sunday is a different a different animal, right? right? So you're going to have matchups. I'm not going to look at the Dallas losing or almost losing to the Texans as as something that we're really going to say their defense can't play. But the 49ers defense, that hasn't really happened to. Like that's they very don't true. have their and lapses. That's why they're in a position to win the West tonight. So that's Thursday night football. Goes down tonight. Invest Steer smartly. Clear Stay of clear the of the Seahawks. Yeah, offense. Just, I wouldn't touch any Seahawks. I'm afraid of this football. game altogether in general. I'm not betting it. Maybe the under because the 49ers just don't give up points. I agree. So all week long, we've been talking about, you know, getting back into catching up with some of the rookie phenoms that have jumped off the charts on the mojo market and now today we we kind of round it up with your rookie running back catch up okay because look the receivers we thought the list was deep right and then i said to myself i said to chris yesterday in in like kind of you know kind of pre-production for this show in particular i was like eh, well the running back list is a lot shorter than the running uh, but then i'm like well wait maybe it's not right we got to start with the guy that's going tonight kenneth walker now i understand tonight might not be your ideal matchup 
Kenneth Walker right now is the 26th ranked running back on the mojo market. He's right behind one of the guys we'll talk about later, Brees Hall and A.J. Dillon. He's got a future projection of $9.62. Right now, if you look at his, he's on the downward turn because of the fact that he got injured. But before that injury, man, on just 138 rushes, he's got 649 yards, nine touchdowns. He's averaging 4.7 a carry, which is, I think, pretty good. 26 targets out of the backfield, 19 receptions, 116 yards through the air. Kenneth Walker right now, of all the guys we're about to talk about, is the second highest ranked running back out of the rookies that I'm looking at. Um, your thoughts on Kenneth Walker, not so much tonight, but going forward. And if they make the playoffs, more opportunity. Yeah, I mean, there was points this year where everybody was screaming from the mountaintops, Kenneth Walker is the league winner. And truthfully, he still has an opportunity now that he's back for the stretch run in mm. the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. But the fact is, he's faded down the stretch a little bit. And that's typical of a rookie running back that gets handed the keys and he's getting 25 carries, 25 carries, 18 carries, 26 carries. He's getting worked. He was getting worked. And and that's what happens in this league when you get handed the ball a ton of times. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you could say it's just an anomaly. Injuries happen. It's a freak injury. But the more usage you get, the more you're liable to get hurt. I think Seattle's in a spot where they're going to try and be committed to the run of the football. This week, we already established, like, stay away, right? But Seattle has some some serious games to play ahead of them outside of this game. And they're mm-hmm. gonna, if they're going to win football games, they're going to represent the, themselves in the playoffs, they're going to need to hand the ball to Kenneth Walker. So I think it's a still, still a buy long term because he's clearly the number one running back going into the season next year. There is no cloud. There's no... Um, Travis Homer, there's no Rashad Penny that he has to look DJ over. DJ Dallas, a couple guys, other guys that they we've joined up. Established that he's the RB one, but he has faded down the stretch a little bit, and I need to see something a little bit more. I don't think this is the week, so we might have to pause. All right, we'll see. Um, moving on, hold, hold. <laughs> you just be very patient with Kenneth Walker. Moving on to a guy that I saw very, very vividly last week, <laughs> Damian Pierce. This dude has been on a tear. I think he's playing very, very good football throughout the course of the year. Um, He's got 939 yards, so all signs are pointing to he will be a rookie 1,000-yard rusher. Four touchdowns, 30 catches out of the backfield, big-time plays there. Uh, Damian Pierce right now, the 35th-ranked running back on the mojo market. He's sandwiched in between J.K. Dobbins and Ram Stevenson. Um, He's got a future projection of 693, which, again, if you look at his price right now, $8.70. I'm thinking to myself, is this too low for his future projections? I mean, right now the Texans are in, in in turmoil as far as the quarterback play and probably in receiver play too because it's just Brandon Cooks and all signs point to him being shipped out. Damian Pierce is going to be the bell cow going forward, you would think, no? Yeah, I mean, I like Damian Pierce as a player, but the truth is I think Damian Pierce, he realized a lot of what you were going to get out of him in terms of the the uptick in the mojo market. Right now, they have him. It's pretty lofty, if you ask me, because he's playing on a team that's a complete mess mm. in, in Houston, right? I don't say that he could only last three or four years and then be out of the league, but when you're on the Texans, that that, chew, that tends to like chew you up and spit you out. I don't know, man. So you think around like year four or five a, when he's, he's getting like a new a contract pretty, somewhere? He's having like a pretty good year. So. He is. He's about to be a 1,000-yard rusher, so, man. Unless On a bad team, team. Unless his team improves. All right, so he's a thousand yard rusher and he's banked a dollar seventy seven. So he's a thousand yard rusher and he's banked a dollar seventy seven. How many thousand yard seasons do you think he's going to have? How much more every of year Im- for the rest? How of much his more life. of an improvement? So yeah, no, I, I, in that regard, I, I understand you're looking what you're at. He needs to have three or four more seasons at worst, as good as he is now, and then that's if he doesn't play any further after that. If he works on a second contract, which he looks like he's the type. 
to be able to, but you just never know. There's a Running lot that has to happen. Fickle, a lot of handoffs fickle. have to go down. And I think it might just be a little bit high for me. You know, I, I love Damian Pierce, and I'm I'm all in on the player in terms of fantasy and things like that. But, you know, four years is what you're asking for here, and I'm not so sure. That would be his that rookie contract. Line. That would be his yeah. entire rookie contract. So if he gets that option year. Uh, but, again, you're you're investing in these guys' future. Gonna go short. You're going to short them now. And on the top of that, there will be no playoff run for the Houston Texans. So that's another thing. A lot less opportunity going forward in 2022. So that's something to keep your uh, keep your eye on. Here's a guy with uh, – oh, God, I sound like Collinsworth. You do. Here's a guy uh, – when I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers struggling this year offensively, I thought to myself, well, it's Brady, it's, it's, it's Fournette, it's Evans, it's Godwin, it's everybody coming back, it's whoever the hell they want to play a tight end. But I'm looking at a Rashad White. As one of the upstars, the one of the guys that I'm paying attention to a lot, he's got 96 rushes, 370 yards. Ready for this stat, though? 40 catches out of the backfield for 242. That's what makes him so valuable on this offense. And as bad as the offense has been, Rashad White has actually been one of the brighter spots in a couple times. Uh, Rashad White right now, out of all the guys we're about to list here, he is the lowest of the rookies right now. He's the 54th uh, ranked running back on the Mojo market. He's sandwiched in between backup running back Matt Breda and Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, he's got a future projection of 443 going forward. So clearly, based off his price right now, 528, his his height is where some of the rookies are right now. Yeah, so that's that's rough. I like Rashad White. I th- I still think he's in a really good spot. Um, I think much like Damian Pierce, next year he will be the clear-cut RB1. And while he didn't bank as much value this year, he wasn't the clear-cut RB1, but he still managed to carve himself out a nice role. He's proven that he could pe- catch the ball out of the backfield. Just catch this, ready? Quite literally. Um, say, nine targets, seg. eight targets, five targets. Nine catches, six catches, five catches. So he's he catches the ball when it's thrown His Catching to percentage him. is good. And in a lot of these games, Fournette has played. So he's out. he's out-rushed Fournette. I shouldn't say he's that happened him. a couple times. I don't want to say this because I don't know for a fact, but I know that there's been games where he out carried him. Yes, 100%. I don't know about the yardage totals, but I know for a fact that when they were both playing and they were both healthy, it was like twenty to nineteen. It yes, was a game that right they ran there. the ball yep. a lot. So even with team, even if they bring Fournette back, Rashad White is clearly involved in this offense, and I don't think that they're going to bring Fournette back. The thing that I'm more concerned about is the head coaching situation over there. I think Todd Bowles is on his way out. Dude, one he, and done. there's no emotion on that guy. And, Not ever. And I wonder what's going to happen He's with Tom Brady like, because they really don't have a plan. They don't have a plan after Tom Brady, clearly. I mean, they're going to have to make a move. There's some available a significant move. Vets, maybe Jimmy G. I don't know. I say him for everybody. You really have put Jimmy G on every team but in the NFL. But is there really another quarterback that's proven you that he You said yesterday or two days ago, Derek Carr in Tampa. Yeah, no, I mean I, that's, I a, see that's that. a thing, right? I mean, him, Mike Evans, Godwin, like why the heck not? I mean that's that seems like a nice little play. But I was just going to ask you a question. Do you think I understand game plans, and I've, I've been in coaching rooms, and I've I've seen anytime I've ever game planned for a team, all right? And there's like we have let's just say, again this is high school varsity football, so it's not as, it's not NFL. But what I will say is this: when we game plan. We know who we have on the roster. We know if we have a two-headed monster. There's never a divvy up in the game plan, meaning like, all right, let's get this guy this many carries. Let's get this guy this many carries. So when we say like those situations where Rashad White outrushed Leonard Fournette 20 to 19 on a game, right? And if that's not the stat, whatever. But what I'm saying is, do you think they care about that? Or is this all situational football? Who's they? The coaching staff. Like when we say like, oh, he's got one more carry. Like, do you think at the end of the day, like, oh, I think they're gonna be like, oh crap. I think there's an element of both. Well, first off, they're scripted plays. They're starters in the they're league. They're scripted plays right? for a first drive, really. Eh, maybe first fifteen plays. If it goes down 
in seven, then they might have a little bit left. So for the second drive, that could be sure. a full quarter of football. But at the same time, there is specific roles on specific down and distances and things like that. So right. it is flow of the game. But this stuff is pretty much all predetermined. Like most of the time, they don't necessarily run the same plays. There's certain running backs that will. I don't know. I mean, like it, it changes on a team by team basis. Yeah, but this is something I was and it about. also changes on a game by game basis. Not necessarily game flow, but knowing this team has a lot more speed, we'd be better off running it directly at them. If that's the case, and you have Fournette. a bruiser, right? If you have somebody that's a little bit bigger and you need to attack them a little bit differently, they're a slower defense. Then you bring the speed out. So. Yes. Game and by game, yes and situation no. by situation. Um, I was just curious. But anyway. Nonetheless, Fournette's probably out of town, and, you would and think. Rashad White proved that he could carry the ball and catch the ball. You would think. Now, one of the most feel-good stories of the year, outside of the fact that the Washington Commanders are a dumpster fire as an organization and ownership, I'm looking at Brian Robinson as one of those guys that we talked about very early on in the season. We're waiting for his return. He returns, I feel like, way sooner than people thought he was going to do. Uh, Brian Robinson was one of our guys that we've talked about a lot. He's having himself a decent year. Uh, 563 yards, just two touchdowns. He's only got eight catches out of the backfield. He hasn't seen it, but they got J.D. McKissick over there who literally catches everything. Um, right now, Brian Robinson, you can get him at a three-time multiplier. Actually, everybody that we've listed here, you can get him at a three-time multiplier. So if you're really feeling froggy, that's what you can do. Um, he's the 40th-ranked running back. He's between Gus Bus and Rex uh, Burkhead. The future projections is where I'm at here because they're uh, projecting him at another $6.10 going forward on top of what we got here. So it's like, I think the market believes in this guy to be a bell cow. Um, do you find it to be any any bit alarming? Like, look, you can see his yeah. chart from the year. It's look, been I, a, I, like, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't like the fact that they don't throw the ball to him at all out of the backfield, and I feel like he can catch. I feel like he well, has that in his game. I think if you have that premier guy that could do that, why don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. McKissick's yeah. very good out of the backfield. That's true, but at the same time, I still would like to see it a little bit more. They did pass the ball to Gibson somewhat a little bit more than they than they have, but Gibson's also still there, so right. there's a little bit of a clouded situation. But the tr the fact remains that he is the guy that's getting the ball more often than not when they're handing the ball off. I do think that Gibson has stolen a little bit of the goal line work from him. I would like to see a little bit more, but you could make the case that Robinson just stole all the work from Gibson. That's true I feel like too, there's yeah. kind of like a, a, a real true two-headed monster there. And we talk about Washington being a dumpster fire organization. And as an ownership standpoint, yeah, we all we could all agree on that. But you have to tip your hat to what they've been able to do amidst all the bull crap they've had to deal with. Uh Coach Rivera has done a great job. He you has have to admit, right? I like the quarterback Rivera. situation, having a you sign Carson Wentz, then they have that whole media dust up where Rivera had to defend him and then not defend him, and then there was a really big <laughs> what's the problem a, a with your team? Situation Quarterback, but we're still going to go. He steps in and then they haven't turned back. This team is looking like they're a playoff team, um, and it's largely due to the fact that Brian Robinson has gotten stronger as the season has gone on. We've talked about Kenneth Walker kind of faded out a little bit. I feel like Damian Pierce he hasn't faded, but he hasn't been as consistent. Brian Robinson is getting fifteen to twenty carries a game every single game. Mm. We want to see more down low, though. I need to see more goal line work and a, and a little bit of pass catching. But I do like the the expectations are set where they should be. I'm going long. Like, I'm, I'm going long. I feel long like he's a running right back now. in this league for a while. He's over. He's overcome adversity, so we know what he's made of already. Yeah, Brian Robinson is that dude. Definitely, and a gem. as long as Ron Rivera is the coach, they're gonna keep pounding. That's his moniker. So. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, now, the next guy has only come on in spurts. There hasn't been much out of him. He's got some clout because of who his brother is in the league. We're talking about James Cook over there in Buffalo. So with James Cook, 
Actually, I, I said Rashad White was the lowest. I lied to you. Right to your faces, everybody. James Cook is ranked 61st overall in the mojo market. He's behind Dante Foreman and Tyler Algier, who didn't even make our list, really. We'll talk about him, I guess, maybe briefly. But James Cook right now has shown some flashes of good. We don't know what kind of workload he's going to get going forward. The Buffalo Bills running back situation has been an enigma for I can't even tell you how long. You would think Devin Singletary was the guy, right? Then they get Zach Moss, then they ship Moss out, right? And then they bring in this guy, and then they're shipping this guy out. And now James Cook's getting some lead back role, and now all of a sudden he's not. James Cook is is the guy that like right now is super, super low on the price. He will get playoff opportunities. He might have a couple chances to absolutely go crazy in the playoffs, right? That could absolutely happen. But I'm kind of timid on this one. Um, I just Again, the future value, only $4 and change. So I don't think the market even dictates James Cook or maybe any Buffalo running back ever to do well in the market. I, I like James Cook in the you market. You do? Yeah. Here's why. Honestly, I take back everything I said. No. Well, <laughs> Go ahead. There's, there is a little bit of uh, what you said is true. Every, and you said since you can't remember how long. It's probably since Josh Allen or they've had a running quarterback. Because any team with a running quarterback, you kind of cloud the running back room a little bit. I think when he's an option, yeah. But it's just like, you got to have a running back. I don't care who well, they you do. Are. They have them. He's one of them. Uh, Singletary's one of them. Yeah, I just... But, you know but, the old age-old saying, if you have, like, two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks? Well, if you have 14 running backs, you have no running backs. That's me. That's just not true. In this league, it's not Call true. Call me a liar coming, right here on the show. Yeah, coming from a Cowboys fan, you should be really, really best. ashamed of yourself. You got the two best running backs. Um, <laughs> but look, what you said, they brought in this guy, they shipped this guy out. Here's what they've done, right? They have what we thought was like a very below average running back room with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. But these guys, they invested in them, they put some capital there, and they've been the guys that they've handed the ball to. And maybe that's why Josh Allen had 800 rush yards yet last year, right? Mm -hmm. But Josh Allen's running the football at a pretty high rate this year as well. But let me tell you the difference here, or the reason why I like Cook. I still think that they view Singletary as the guy ahead of him, but I think that's changing. And we've seen it in the last couple of weeks where there's been big plays, big spots, and the running back on the field has been James Cook. I think he had 13 or 14 carries last week or two weeks ago, and he outcarried a it, healthy. It has happened, and that's why some of, this, some of the spikes I'll a little bit. I'll say something else too. Like Zach Moss started out the season higher than him on the depth chart. He passed him, right? So he he uh, took out a guy that's been there for a little bit, and he then they were like, all right, well, we're gonna trade Zach Moss and bring in another guy to maybe take over this role, and that's a Naheem Hines, who's proven pass catcher in this league, who's proven that he could get it done in a pinch if you need him to, right? And really, he hasn't been used. Buffalo hasn't used him. I think they've thrown the ball like he's five actually, times. I, I believe he's one of their returners now, too, in the return and, game. And truth be told, James Cook, since that deal, has seen another uptick in usage. I think that there's the next possible thing that he could do is the only way to go is he's going to actually be the starter by next year. He's going to go into camp with a real chance to win that job. I know it's not the best job, and I don't think that Devin Singletary will just be out of the mix altogether, but you could see a role reversal next year where Singletary kind of becomes the the 1A while, while James Cook is the one. I, okay. I believe James Cook is the guy. Okay. Uh, speaking of a team that's been through the running back carousel, this is my hidden gem right now. This is my guy. It's not my local bias with Rutgers, but Isaiah Pacheco, okay? I've seen this guy run enough this season where I worry about the fact that he runs too hard. Uh, you know, he will he will kind of run out of get. He doesn't. He doesn't. No such thing. Isaiah Pacheco is playing all-out good football right now. 
on limit, I would say limited opportunities because in the beginning of the year you had Clyde Edwards-Alaire stealing carries, but once Pacheco got into that role and, and Andy Reid put some confidence in him, he's gone through the moon. 591 yards, three touchdowns, right? His, he's ranked 51 right now, dude. All right, if you look at this, $5.50 with a future projection of just, this is where it kills me, $4.54. They are projecting him to get to about some of these other rookies for his career. Isaiah Pacheco is RB1 in an Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs offense. I've said this already in those legitimately exact words. This is the guy that if you're looking for the guy to invest in and go super long and all the multiplier, this is the guy. I don't know why I'm so high on this guy, but every time I see him run, the dude well, has a yeah, motor. I'll tell you why. Look. He's had some games where he didn't really see the field much, and that makes sense because they had a guy that they thought was going to be the starter. But let me just talk, talk about the games where he did see the field. Look, week one, 12 attempts, average five yards a carry plus, five yards plus. Week four, 11 attempts, average almost six yards a carry. Right? And that's he, what he, in, the, in the fold. Yeah, then he had a, a month or so of a rough stretch, but then he got named the starter out of nowhere, and he had a dud game, right? So it was like, oh, man, he got named the starter. He didn't mm -hmm. do anything. What's going on? Well, since then... 16 carries, averaging five yards a carry in that game. 15 carries, seven yards a carry in that game. 22 carries, not so great. Three yards a carry, but we're going to expect that here or there. Right back on par, though. 14 carries, five yards a carry. 13 carries, five-plus yards a carry. This guy's a big play waiting to happen. Every time he gets the ball, he advances. Like, if it's first and ten, guess what? It's going to be second and three and they because signed, you just gave the ball They signed Melvin Gordon, and I was a little bit worried about his goal line usage. But really, Melvin Gordon hasn't been there yet. I haven't so seen him. There still is that looming, and I do think that there is potential that he steals some touchdowns. But this, he's Pacheco isn't entirely touchdown dependent because of the amount of times that he gets the ball. So Look, you don't Chiefs, rely on the touchdowns. It's Mahomes. Like, right? And he's got two touchdowns in those last three games. So. You know, Pacheco's maybe. my diamond in the rough, man. I'm telling you right now, that, that's the guy that I would put all of my. I if worry. I'm looking bargain basement right now, if I'm looking at the very lower e echelon of running backs on the Mojo market, that's. The I guy. worry about where the Chiefs are going to pick in terms of being able to potentially steal maybe the best or second best running back in the draft class. They got him. They got him already. He's on the roster. He's on the roster. There's nobody that's coming out of college right now that I would replace him with. I would improve so many other different things that yeah. the Chiefs need. The Chiefs need a playmaking receiver. They need more speed. Uh, they need a line. Like, bro, they need a lot. This, look, Jarek McKinnon also blew up last week. McKinnon. So, yeah, they McKinnon's really, another they really one. Don't need but that doesn't back. worry me at all. Going forward next year, if it was Pacheco and McKinnon as a one-two punch, I'm all over it. I'm still all over it. Um, moving on to a guy that lost his season because of injury um, again. Two years in a row now. It's very difficult. He's hurt, right? Mm -mm. Travis Etienne? Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought they traded away James Robinson and they had at the end. Yeah. So he just, I just think he's hurt because he hasn't really done much. Since yeah, then. No, all right, I thought he lost. Uh, I Brees, thought you were going. We're, we're going Brees Hall next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So Travis Etienne has not lost this season. Uh, he's twenty eighth ranked running back. There's a lot of expectations out of this kid. This technically is his rookie year because he lost his rookie year last year to injury. Foreman, that's where I was going with it. Foreman, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, he's sandwiched in between Jamal. I'm, yeah, I'm all over the place. Khalil Herbert and Samaj P. Ryan. So he's on the very, very bottom of um of no, I'm looking, where am I going here? Who am I who am I talking about here? Let's ETN, 28th. <laughs> Just forget it. It's Thursday. 
AJ Dillon and Kenyon Drake. <laughs> okay, that's where he is. I'm not even going to edit that. I'm just going to say anybody watching this right now is probably like, is he okay? Is everything yes, okay? We're all okay. We're, we're fine. Tra- we're on Travis Etienne. We're fine. He, he missed his rookie season, but he's back and he's good to go for this week. Uh, right. And right. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> yeah, he's back this week. Uh, but that's that's another thing. No playoffs for Travis Etienne this year. So there's not going to be any kind of is come on out in the South. They're Tennessee, out. Tennessee just lost three in a row. I'm well aware. And now Jacksonville runs into Dallas. <laughs> Jacksonville into in Dallas. Dallas. I mean, it's in Jacksonville. In any event, uh, Travis Etienne is having himself a very, very good year. Productive year. Um, they're projecting him at a – this is the big number here. He's sitting there at $9.87 right now, a future projection of $8.27. They're looking like Travis Etienne is going to be that dude. He is him in Jacksonville um, going forward. So right now – it's the dip. He's dipping right now. So he, he's on his downward trajectory still. Is this the time to shoot him up? I don't know. I'm having a hard time. The with charts? It. So I do like Travis Etienne, right? I think mm-hmm. he's a big play waiting to happen. I like the look of the Jaguars and what they've been able to do um, over the last couple of weeks. That said, he's fading too. I mean, when you have guys that aren't able to withstand the, the rigors of an NFL season, A, he's already had the injury last year. So he missed one year out of the two. Mm-hmm. And then he had a stretch this year, 86 yards, 114, 156, 109. You're like, wow, this guy is the truth. He's going to do this every week. But then in a four-week sense, 45, 3, 54, 32. And completely the opposite of Isaiah Pacheco. His yards per carry have dwindled down to like 3, 2. So I need to see more out of him other than the big play. He's got a lot of big play uh, capabilities, but so far not so good when it comes to running the ball in between tackles. So Correct. I worry about him and you know, there's been an internal battle with me about like I don't necessarily always agree with the market projections, but that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to locate some of these things and find them and be like, "Oh, that's an anomaly. I'm going to cash here." I was thinking that Travis Etienne was potentially that guy. I don't know. Like I, they traded James Robinson, so I was like, "Oh, they believe in the kid." But since that trade, he's gone downhill. Maybe they need a guy that could kind of look over his shoulder and help him out in between tackles. Possible. Um, so I'm not no. I'm, I'm. I was very, very bearish on Travis Etienne. I'm not so much, or I was bullish. I'm not so much anymore. Okay. So that was a fantastic Etienne segment, by the way. <laughs> so we're Woo! moving on. One more running back before we get out of here, and it's somebody who lost his season to injury. You might have heard this before, but it is Brees Hall of the New York Jets. Now, look, this dude was on an absolute tear for a little while. What? No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm right this time. Uh, Brees Hall on 80 attempts, 463 yards. He caught tw- almost 20 balls out of the backfield for another 218. Four touchdowns, uh, five touchdowns overall for a guy like Brees Hall. He's the 25th ranked running back. There is some expectations for Brees Hall. The spike you see goes up for his start, and then obviously the kid gets hurt. Now where do you see him going, Chris, uh, going forward? The projections, $10 more now. So now the the market sees Brees Hall as the guy. We've seen Brees Hall as the guy. Goes down by injury. The Jets are a very young team. they got a lot of nice talent down there. Their defense is really good. Garrett Wilson is blown up. The quarterback situation is real wonky. Zach Wilson actually was named the, the backup this week, so that's interesting. Uh, but anyway, Brees Hall, yes. I saw what I saw out of Brees Hall. I know <laughs> what he's about. Look, this guy is clear cut. He's the running back of this class. He was having games where he was having nine catches. Mm-hmm. Look, then he would have a game where he, he had a touchdown in four straight, I believe, to, yeah. end, to end his season. 
Um, he was heavily involved in the past game, and I know we're a little short on time, so I'm just going to say this. He had his injury, I believe, early enough in this season where he's very, very highly likely going to be ready to start next season. I agree. There might be a couple weeks where you're a little, you might see a little pup action out of him, but that might just be a benefit for the stretch run. I think Brees Hall is the clear-cut guy. He's the focal point of that offense when he gets back. Their defense is legit. Their offensive line has some young talent. The quarterback position is in question. I do not think that they have their quarterback of the future in town right now. But that said, guess where they're going to have to lean? Going to have to lean on the running game. So and the ball off. That's going to be a, a Brees Hall show for a couple years to come. I wholeheartedly agree. And if you wholeheartedly agree with our takes, you can follow us all over the place, except for that whole ETN thing. Don't hold that against me. But follow us on Mojo on social media. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Mojo, M-O-J-O, easy to find us. Join the Discord and everyday conversation about your portfolios, who you're going long on, who you're going short on, questions, tips. There's like a suggestion box. There's a whole bunch of things. As the the Mojo uh, market expands, there's going to be newer, more sports, more states. Uh, I can't wait to get the basketball because finally my Knicks play five games in a row. Oh, Buckets, Brunson's the man. Uh, but I got a whole lot of excitement for this this week, bro. It's it's one week. I'm all excited about the Knicks. They're the sixth seed right now. Come get me. Cool. Yeah. I'm do it all responsibly. All right? Do that responsibly. Wow, the East it, is god-awful. What? what? The East is god-awful. I know, when the Knicks are six. Woo! <laughs> so for Dave Sturgeo, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We're back here with a full slate of football to talk about, including tonight's result of Thursday Night Football. Enjoy the football. We'll see you guys tomorrow.